You're listening to the Saturday Morning D&D Show with Jordan, the PH is silent, and Sir Lucian. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Saturday Morning D&D Show, the episode 190 spectacular episode. 190. Almost a 200. Almost Jordan. 200. This is crazy. <laughs> uh, my name is Jordan with the silent PH in the middle, and I'm joined always by my wonderful co-host, Sir Lucian, over at Sir Lucian Gaming. Say hello. Hello. We were, were festive today. We both wore green shirts, not knowing the other would. Yep. Unplanned. Uh, <laughs> <but> <laughs> this is the army edition, because yeah. in Christmas you get the little army men, right? So that was always the... Oh, yeah. Uh, green's my favorite color. I actually wear a lot of green when I can. So ah, blue uh, is mine. But... And this is a new shirt, and so I just saw it today, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> um, hopefully, Lucian has audio. I did double check it. Uh, I was getting some criticism in the chat here for <laughs> not like, will he have audio this morning? So there we go. We shall um, see. <laughs> uh, right out the get go, we're we're not going to mess around. Uh, if anybody. Nope gives me spider-man spoilers you are done for the rest of eternity yeah. uh, and i am seeing spider-man today and i am so excited because i'm a big spider-man fan and i'm excited to see where this conclusion comes to and mm-hmm. uh i'm also a big multiverse fan yes um and speaking of multiverse we had a lot of errata changes that might be <laughs> hinting at the greater multiverse wow, of what a segue the... so good um some errata came out. Uh, there was a little bit of controversy because they were... Uh, a lot of people were saying, myself included, that... Uh, You're the lore guy, yeah. Yeah, that they're removing <laughs> lore. Yeah. Um, and so if you look at it, which I believe I put the links down in the description of this video. Um, but if you go to there, they... Long story short, removed alignment from every race. Um, so there isn't a suggested alignment for dwarves and da 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 da, and and this is from the player's handbook all the way through. Uh, but then in Volo's Guide to Monsters, they did a catch-all paragraph that says Volo's interpretation of these monsters is from the Forgotten Realms because he's from the Forgotten Realms. And then they also went in and removed a bunch of role-playing explanations of certain uh, races. So they were saying like, uh, and it was ones that you would expect, kind of like, okay, not all orcs are uh, murderous rapists and things like that. Uh, And I'm like, okay, I can kind of see that. But then they like removed Mind Flare, like Mind Flares are not inhuman monsters. And I'm like, (laughs) but that doesn't really fit. Uh, So I'm not above not making a video about this and getting a few views i'll be honest and it's it's pertinent to my channel jumped to, right into the fray i yeah. try to keep it there but as i released that video on friday uh the lead designer, ray winnegar yeah, yeah what is his ray. title i forget oh i think it's like a director of something because yeah, he's, he's like above... the director of D or something like he's yeah the, he's not writing it or anything but he's the brand mm-hmm. like head honcho yeah that's kind branch of manager branch director or something um, like that yeah ray winnegar and he came out yeah. with like i want to clarify this and i liked his yeah. his clarification yeah do you like. want to talk about it like i would yeah really like because once i read that it kind of made more sense to me that it was about embracing the multiverse and if you're going to do that you can't tell us orcs are this way because then if we go to jordan's new 5e world and orcs are different it kind of 
it doesn't match up. Like they use, you know, halflings in Eberron can be very different than halflings in, you know, Forgotten Realms. Yeah, and so, halflings in Eberron are very different from halflings right. in Forgotten so, Realms. <laughs> and so they took away the suggested, and what they talked about is the alignment pieces they were adjusting the most, whereas in case, or mostly in cases of player character options also it seemed like so they and they were trying to get rid of suggested just to allow you that any world you might come across there might be in one multiverse where like you said the mind flayers are the good guys and maybe they're fighting a war against whoever the actual bad guys are and in that world that's that's how that works so i could kind of see that i knew the big pushback would happen because immediately when people started reading it that was that not my D D. you know yeah. because if you take if you take alignment out i thought that would be a great question because uh, matt colville is a huge fan of using alignment in his games with you know the characters and the players and the factions and things that are going on and really understanding and getting a good idea of what's chaotic good or good or neutral or chaotic evil or lawful evil what's the differences they've done a lot of videos on that but if you just tear that out of the game completely you don't have it you know, are you missing something? Do you have to have it? Do you need it? I mean, I grew I grew up with it, so it's almost like you're you're pulling something out that felt integral to me. And I'm not saying it is, but it feels like it is because it's been there for so long. And it feels like is that still Dungeons and Dragons if you're not you know if there's not an alignment with your character almost you know so you start to get into those kinds of thought processes of what's going on here. Um, well, and I like, but I think I like that. Yeah. Uh, Going through retro games, going through old school renaissance games and stuff Mm -hmm. has really put in the perspective of alignment. And the games that I have read and played, and I believe original D&D, didn't have good and evil. It was always law, neutrality, and chaos. And the overarching game of D&D was law versus chaos. Like... Mm -hmm. There are forces in the world, whether it's gods or anything else, is trying Mm -hmm. to unravel everything. And then there are the forces that are trying to keep it together and stability and balance. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean that, like, the people who want One side's good or evil. Yeah, one side is not good or evil. Uh, And I, I liked that aspect of it. And so the original game was kind of balanced on this. And Dungeon Crawl Classics really points that out really well, where... And, and they use alignment really interesting, I feel, because you, if you're a cleric you see, see and your, your god is lawful and you are lawful, when you try to heal a chaotic creature, it's less effective. Simply mm-hmm. because that god is like, I don't really want to heal this person. He's not on my <laughs> side. And I like that a lot. Doesn't follow uh, laws. <laughs> but it's not about, you know, and it's not laws like human laws but i really i think it was like civilization versus just the wild natures you know yeah so then with D &D, i think it was i don't know if this is 3.5 but they expanded it to the nine sections of i'm lawful good i'm lawful chaotic or i'm lawful evil and things like that kind of combining the two and then the true neutral and then that transitioned to the great wheel and the multiverse Mm -hmm. uh and it's kind of become really intrinsic so they said here that they wanted to get rid of that because, uh, well, specifically dealing with uh, characters, is that going forward, the new races that they've introduced don't mm-hmm. have the suggested 
uh, alignment types, meaning yeah. that your character can literally be anything. But that yeah. what he explained in that thing in the article is that just because your character, just because we said your player character can be of any alignment, you guys took that in the direction of all orcs are now like <laughs> not evil or something. And that's not necessarily right. the case. So it doesn't sound to me that they're getting rid of alignment. Originally yeah. it did. I think right. they're just not. That's how Twitter portrayed yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And especially I was yeah. rereading the player's handbook and that book really was like pushed for the forgotten realms. Yeah. And I think also now with the multiverse opening up and them doing a whole bunch of different campaign settings, they want to reference back to that and say, you know, you don't like not all half orcs are this because in mm -hmm. Spelljammer, half orcs are this and things like that. Yeah. So, and then going back to the mind flares, he kind of specifically said like mind flares are probably pretty evil because they eat brains. They still eat thing. brains. So and that like seems that. pretty evil. <laughs> um, yes, they tend to be evil, but uh, what they're getting at is specifically beholders and mind flares are very different in other settings like Spelljammer. Mm -hmm. And we just got Spelljammer-ish races earlier and so I think we're it's happening. Like, we're I think that, that book is actually happening. <laughs> Which, at this point, they either... Ha I wonder if they were forced to do a book because they're just like, this joke has gone too far. If we don't release a book, like, we're going to get Spelljammer <laughs> confirmed, yes. So I, I think that that's what it is because, uh, you know, Mind Flayers are evil and Beholders are evil, but the whole Beholders not working together and things like that from... Uh, Volo's guide doesn't really mesh with a whole bunch of beholders on a ship flying mm -hmm. around, you know, working together kind of a thing. An armada of beholders. So right. I think that's yeah. why they were changing it. Uh, I also interpreted this incorrectly, and I'm going to try and make a, a corrections video here at some point uh, when I have <gasps> some time. Uh, but I did put the links in my video to this with an update saying, hey, you should check out uh, basically Ray's understanding of of this and clarification that he's come mm -hmm. through so <laughs> i feel like in there too i might have saw some more stuff about silvery barbs so that seems to still be quite the discussion even another week or two after yeah. um that had come out and they had updated the sage advice stuff and the errata and yeah uh, so it's definitely one of those conversation pieces out there that that spell has kind of generated some interesting talk i think the one thing it says it doesn't it doesn't affect legendary uh, resistances because it's just a it's an auto pass it's yeah not a roll. you can't re-roll and there's no pass, rolling of anything which is kind yeah. of how i was ruling it in my head yeah um but now having that been said i was like okay it's definitive but your point i think the big point that most people are missing is not so much that they can use that it's that you can if i'm a magic user of only third or fourth or fifth level and i have five to six first level spell slots I can burn somebody's resistance down with a first level spell in about two or three rounds. Because most of those, they don't get more than a couple of, you know, suggested legendary actions, right? So there's yeah. only so many they get anyways. And a first level spell, being able to burn them away quickly, might unbalance something somewhere. So I think that part of your point about Silvery Barbs being towards the OP that I, I think I agreed with when you were talking about it. Um, 
I think it's it's like right at the edge of being over P, OP. Like it's so close that it's we can argue for all, all the time whether it is or it isn't. Um, it's not in the middle. It's not underwhelming. It's yeah. definitely right on the edge of maybe being a little too much. Um, <laughs> and I think for somebody was also saying like we don't have to allow this in every game. Sure. Yeah, it's um, a strict saving. And spell. it's funny though because you bring it up and or I brought it up with other people and you talk about those feats where you get all of these different spells and things like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And people were saying like, well, I wouldn't allow that at my game because it's so specific to Strixhaven. And then I look at them and I'm like, but then why would you allow silvery barbs? Like they're from the same book. They're both very powerful. They're both somewhat thematic. Like, Mm -hmm. why don't you just know, you know? And that's kind (laughs) of how I feel. And I think moving forward, we're going to get so much source material that you're not going to be able to tell somebody, hey, I'm running a game. Uh, any published material is fine. You know, and I, I've had people say that and I'm like, are you sure? Because like <laughs> I can dig pretty deep and find some stuff. But nowadays, I think somebody needs to say like, hey, I'm going to run like a dark blah, blah, blah campaign in the desert. Um, only human races. If you want to be a half elf, that's okay. Uh, and we're going to just do, like, Tasha's and this other book or something, you know? And so yeah. I think that's probably okay. It kind of goes back to Adventures League, where it was PHB plus one. And mm-hmm. I think I might start doing that forward, saying we're going to do <laughs> PHB plus these very specific supplements that I'm going to let you use in my game. So Until we get to version six. Until you get six, to sixth sixth edition, edition. Right, so <laughs> five point five or something. <laughs> I'm just waiting to see what they what the marketing starts on that if they're going to call it five point five or six or what they're going to do. Um, yeah, I think uh, well, and it, it leads back to what do we do as dungeon masters when we when we set up our campaign setting? We try to give the players an idea of what the setting is going to be like, and we're encouraging them to create a character that would fit in that setting. Yeah. Now we all have the player who doesn't listen to anything you're saying and only has on their list, the next character I'm playing is this person. So they always come back to you and say, well, but I wanted to play a Minotaur uh, Bard Barbarian. And you're like, no, 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 no. I already said we weren't doing any (laughs) multi-classing. But it's next on the list. It's what I want to play, right? So you do have that kind of, you have to talk with your players. You have to decide, you know, what's going to fit. And I encourage players to try to fit within the campaign. I do encourage the DMs to have a little leeway in there, but talk it out, discuss There's it. There's room for discussion. Find, yeah. yeah, find a happy medium and be willing to find a happy medium. Don't go in just like, this is it or I don't want to play. You know, If a I can't times, play my Eric Coker, I'm out. You no, know? and a lot of times I've talked to uh, those type of mid-maxers before, mm-hmm. and it usually comes down to me saying like, Okay, what what is it about the Aarakocra that you like so much? Mm-hmm. Like, just just let me know. And usually it comes down to, uh, well, in the past it was like, I like this stat bonus that I get, which now that's thrown out the window. Anybody can, right. have, whatever. can have whatever. And then the other thing, they'll say something like, I like that I have dark vision. And I'm like, okay, you're a human with dark vision then. Yeah. Like, you have some magical eyes blessed by God. I don't know. Like, I'm willing to give you that. Yeah. I just don't want you to be a bird person 
in my dark gritty like, <laughs> right. desert campaign that I'm. But running. I want an eagle head. That's and what you're I like. Well, then let's the give you a helmet that's an eagle head. Like, I yeah, don't, there's always a compromise. <laughs> but usually, yeah. just asking them, why do you want this? And I've had one player straight Batman up is wings. like, well, I want to fly. And I'm like, okay, like. I understand yeah. that, and then the conversation was, but that's going to break so many early fun challenges that I have, kind of a thing. So, yeah. uh, anyway, I think until, you, on until the you shoot them out of the sky once, and then they don't—that's true—they don't fly any that? higher than ten feet. Earthbind <laughs> is a really good spell. Yeah, to give yeah. If your players are flying around, I've used yeah, that yeah. Once. I'm paranoid <laughs> because I know Danimal's waiting yeah. to see me. 500 feet up and to take me down he, he's always looking for a way to crash me to the ground i mean if you're zero hit points in the air you're down like yeah. three saving throws when you hit the ground yeah so. yeah you're done you're you're out um, that's funny that's pretty good and i also as a player when i did that i made specific i made sure i didn't overuse it like if we had sessions i would go two or three sessions without really flying even when the players are like can't you just fly over there and do that and i'm like no i'm kind of doing what you guys are doing i'm i'm climbing up the thing or i'm doing this or that and only every now and then would i pull out the fly part to go do something or to remaneuver um but try not to like over you know just orbit like a satellite you know every every encounter every game so i tried to make it so he didn't regret letting me play in aarakocra don't don't overdo it so yeah, I, fi- I figure there's like a part there that's like I don't know. Yeah. Um. So that's yeah. uh, I mean I didn't go through all the errata, but there was a, quite a bit that they started changing, and I think it's for all the books like you had mentioned in our notes a little bit. It's for all the books that are coming up this next year. I think they're prepping and they getting rules set. Yeah. Yeah, because of the books that are going to be yeah. coming out. For no, sure. and a lot of it is. Uh, some of it was. Um, word changes so mm-hmm. uh mad monkey fever was changed to blue monkey fever just because you know we don't want to use we don't want to use mad as described as this and stuff so there was some uh political correctness that they were changing here and there um but for the most part it was just like we're removing alignment <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, tasha's was the only one that actually got uh no tasha's and tales from the yawning portal those were the two that just got fixes uh and tales from mm-hmm. the yawning portal was out of left field i was like what but it was like they fixed a map to make it more clear ah, i was like okay. i don't even know anyone who's playing tales of the Yonic portal like <laughs> somebody like i was like that's that just didn't feel like it needed to be done but at the same time i'm glad that they are looking at their older stuff and doing it so yeah yeah, yeah. so that's um, very cool yeah. so this one kind of popped up in my stream this morning oh, um is that a uh, dragon a new Dragonlance trilogy is starting now these are novels by margaret weiss and tracy hickman um august 9th 2022 the new novel will come out it's called Dragonlance: dragons of deceit and it's the next book in the Dragonlance series uh which i i think this is what the lawsuit was about is that they weren't being allowed to finish this uh because for some reason wizards wanted to to pull out or whatever but uh, it's going to have, uh, yeah. yeah, like Raceland and Tannis the Half Elf. I've only read one Dragonlance novel. I liked it. I should go back and read them. But well, yeah, you've read Drists and all those other ones. Why not? I have. Why not the Dragonlances? <laughs> I need to finish the latest Drists book. I haven't done that. But <laughs> Margaret Weiss announced it on Twitter uh, yesterday, yesterday evening or or morning. Sorry. So um, yeah, and they kind of yeah. won their rights to have 
Dragonlance for themselves, right? Because that's kind no, of no. Well, it was settled happening. out of court. We don't really know what the settlement was. It was settled out. Oh, of I court. thought I thought we heard what it was. I thought they got the rights to it. Like I was thinking, like Wizards is like just have it. <laughs> so no, I was that does not, not seem like a Hasbro thing to do at all. So yeah. I I right. I mean we I'll can double check up. and we'll we'll talk yeah. next week if it is. But like I'm pretty sure that is not the case. So um, I think it was just they were unprevented from working on this because if I remember correctly, the lawsuit was like, you're not allowing us to uh, finish the book that we were like contracted to finish in a way. And so uh, it was the same problem that another company had. Was it like Gale Force nine or something was complaining that they, because yeah, wizards was just like, well, we don't want you to make these third party products anymore. And they were trying to use a loophole to get out of it. Uh, and I noticed that the Margaret Weiss and the Gale Force Nine, I think it was Gale Force Nine, I think they had similar lawsuits that were both settled mm. out of court. So That's weird that they can force you to put out a product you don't want to put out, right? That'd be like me yeah. saying, no, Jordan, you're going to make that second coffee cup with the on there because we've, you know. But if we had a contract saying that I'm going to make two coffee cups and I only make yeah. one, and then I say, no, the first one But I'm like, I don't was, want the second one. The first one was unsatisfactory. I don't want you to make the rest. And they're like, no, right. no, 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 no. Like, you no. did buy two straight up. So I wonder if that's the case. But yeah. uh, but this will obviously be tied into a Dragonlance setting, I bet, that's going to come out for... I don't know. Everybody says that. Set. And I think because they fought it so much, I'm on the minority of this whole... I think they don't do a Dragonlance setting. Book. Okay. That's, I'm going on record. I think there is no Dragonlance book coming out. I don't uh, think they'll do boy, it. Boy, clip it, guys. Clip that. Clip it. Clip that. Clip uh, it. Twitch and whatever 2021. Else I think you can clip December on December 18th at uh, 12.22. You guys can find it right in the timeline. There you go. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, we talked about Sage Advice. Yep. Um, and then this was big news This for is me, the I huge thought. news. And I, I knew this was coming, but, like, I was I was at a ballet recital, and <laughs> I don't know why I was – well, I was, you know, waiting for the show to start, and I saw I that, know why, that yeah. this had released. <laughs> I bought it instantly, and I'm on my phone trying to read it. I'm like, this looks so cool. MCDM yeah. has released their Beast Heart class. Um, and, Lucian, I don't know if you bought it, but uh, I did link the PDF in here if you want to take a look at it with me. Um, you should have access Definitely. in our notes. Uh the art is awesome. Like, it feels like Conan the Barbarian. Like, it's just so cool. Um, yep. And I haven't read all of the Beast Heart sub things yet. I haven't had time. Mm-hmm. But I did read the companion rules, and I really, really like them. Yeah. Um, and I think the problem that that I've always had with having a pet is I'm like, it's really frustrating that you have this, like, loyal, loyal thing that will die for you. Like, I'm just giving you an extra party member. And I never liked that. Mm-hmm. And, and then you can, I've always in my head, I'm like, well, maybe, maybe if they do animal checks during the fight, he'll like, he'll obey or he won't like, can you do it that way? Uh, but this way they use this ferocity system. So like the yes. more fighting that the, the pet does, the more uh, worked, up the more like, you know, raged up it gets and then <laughs> it has a potential to uh, turn and attack you so mm-hmm. they they did it like this is a cool system it's a double-edged sword your yeah. your uh 
your party gets that owlbear they've always wanted, but it could <laughs> be a liability in the battlefield. And I like that yeah. a lot. So, yeah. um, man. And yeah, they had like a giant toad companion, a hellhound mimic companion. There are so many good the artwork. The raptor with the, the dagger yeah. in his mouth. And then they released yeah. minis for this. Yeah. The minis are amazing. So yeah. man, it's really good. It's really Yeah. Good. That's what I liked about if it's kind of a PDF that is for characters that want to have a pet, but then also a beast master, or a, they call it the, the beast, beast heart. heart class, which has better control of the ferocity or has exactly. better control Can and doesn't have to worry about that like a, like a in different resource. ways. Yeah. yeah. Whereas if you just have a wild basculus that you guys have raised, it really is a wild creature, and it could do some things that are unpredictable, right? Yeah. You just... That's that would be the same thing as if you if you were went out and had an actual wolf as a pet, you still have to worry that it's an actual wolf. You know that you know no, it's sort I, of like a dog. It's dog shaped, but it's a wolf. Yeah, in, and they, in every sense of the manner. Yeah, they yeah. really tied on that well, saying uh, keeping the idea that like this isn't a domesticated animal. You know, no, like, it's, like, and you don't want it to be. You want it to be. And, and a it's cool yeah, ass. it's not going to be as ferocious in the battle if it was. And so yeah, because uh, I've given my my. Uh, I've given pets and stuff to my friends before, uh, mm-hmm. but never like, I don't know, like an owlbear or something. Yeah. Uh, this mini like, is really great, too. Like, I just yeah. was re-looking at some of this. It's so fun. They also cover kind of the idea of your pet gets tougher, mm-hmm. gains experience, it gets your proficiency bonus, so it slowly continues to get you know more hit points, better ACs or things like that, depending on what it is. Um I just like the whole idea that they really went into a bullet companion. Come on. Yeah. Come on. A land shark. Let's go. <laughs> as, as uh, Ted would always say, let's go <laughs> when he gets super excited. Yeah. The, the Raptor with the, the dagger is funny. Um, I want to play golems. Um, or... I really want to play a beast heart halfling in Eberron using these I mean, rules because look they at the have gelatinous the, cube they have the um the dinosaurs that they like ride on and stuff i thought that would yeah. be so fun so yeah the gelatinous cube is awesome it's got shield for eyes and for teeth it's going to use all the swords of the things it's yeah. absorbed the adventures and it's just going to squish swords into you as it absorbs you with acid at the same time such good art such you know, they, it, they really knocked it out of the if of you the watch uh, Colville's video, he, yeah, where he introduced this, you know, he, mm-hmm. he straight up says, like, we do a lot of playtesting where we pay our testers. Yeah. And then we have open playtests where we do this. <laughs> um, this feels really fun and really balanced. And I, I'm going back to uh, what Sly Flourish says is that we need to treat these third party people as a. Uh, or we need to treat Wizards of the Coast exactly like these third-party people. And I'm not saying Wizards doesn't playtest, but yeah. uh, I was re-looking at some of the classes that came out, and I just wasn't excited for them. Um, and they didn't seem to do, like, wh- what niche does this fill, in a way? Uh, and then, you know, Matt comes out with this, and it's like, this is amazing. So, uh, And yeah, I shouldn't yeah. say it, Matt, uh, it's MCDM, but I think James yeah. Intracasso was James, like the lead on re- He said so. James really dove into this, for so sure. So James is the guy that, yeah, and James is a great game designer. He's done a lot of cool yeah. stuff. So. I like Mott. 
you know, uh, yeah. the Sporling companion. He's just like, <laughs> I like the idea that he uses one word like Groot all the time. Or yeah. <laughs> yeah, just some really cool stuff. They talk about, you know, the armoring them up or armor or saddles and all that kinds of stuff. And I just think it's great. It's a, it's a great addition. I told told my DM, I hope, I don't hope, but if my Eric Hoker dies, I think I want to hope he lets me play a beast heart in the campaign. Yeah. Uh, if if something happens to my character, because I feel like that's the next character I want to play is a beast heart for sure. Well, and it's interesting opening it up with, uh, well, I was thinking like a beast heart in the, in the mad mage, like that's kind of weird, but if you could have things like gelatinous cubes and stuff, it mm-hmm. would definitely make sense. And I like the idea of, of it's not just, uh, beasts because like the Beastmaster mm-hmm. ranger it was just beasts and that's fun and all but like sometimes you're i don't know on the plane of sludge and you can't find any beast to summon <laughs> yeah so that was the thing that i've always thought D tried to look at a pet class and only look at it from the how does it balance into the rules perspective yeah, and they really left off the table anything that was going to be cool because they didn't put any rules in for you to have a pet dragon until recently, right? Yeah. They did not have any rules for you to have a cool clockwork like mastiff, you know, once artificer got um, introduced. So it's only recently that they've kind of opened up with that because the and ranger they pet conjuration was, spells. They added those yeah, new ones, just where beast. You can, yeah, yeah. So. and it was very limiting, and they didn't have enough of them. And you're in a fantastic world. It would be so... I mean, you know, the Displacer Beast is the one I've always wanted to have as my companion. And I was just thinking that if I ever did the Beast Heart, I would try to get the Displacer Beast would be a way to do that. I feel like I haven't read through all of this, but did they have a way to address creatures they didn't create? Like, did they say, here's how to create rules for something we didn't think of so they've got the bullet and they've got the owl bear but what if i wanted uh you know yeah. and then play, i hear what you're i didn't saying. know if there was in there or not i was um, gonna look i don't know they have they have just a, a whole slew of companions or like how to um, create more i guess i bet you could reverse engineer that because a lot of okay. them are uh your your uh your proficiency bonus it's a lot of it is tied to proficiency bonus so that they don't get um, higher or tougher than you. So I, I think you could. Like, I think you could probably take some. Um, and then specifically these companions, they did uh, ferocity. So they have the ferocity attacks and stuff that can be utilized by the beast master, or the beast heart. Um, so I, I don't know. I wonder... I bet you could reverse engineer it, but I think right now this is what you get. But it's a pretty yeah. good spread of stuff. Oh, I love... Yeah, so. there's a lot to choose from in here lot to choose there's a lot of good stuff so i was super impressed i'm glad they put it out there's a video of them talking about it over on the mcdm they did a live stream where they answered a bunch of questions um it's only what was the pita was it oh displacer beast isn't in the srd says jason campbell thank you that's probably why uh i bet they did yeah they they had to do uh srd monsters and so probably yeah Otherwise, I bet the Displacer Beast would be in there. Or they could make their own, probably, too. They or did you know, but you some. know that there's a Displacer Beast kitten in... Yes. Uh, yeah, Wild Beyond the Witchlight, so... Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know all about I it. love so that was cool. the Beastmasters from Final Fantasy, uh, and this has a lot of, of that feel, and I really mm. like... Oh, and I don't know, we didn't talk about... Well, I didn't put this on the notes, but 
somebody, uh, I was a big Final Fantasy fan. I am, I guess I should say. And I played the old MMO, not for, not Final Fantasy fourteen. I played Final Fantasy right. eleven for several years. It was one of my favorite games. Um, that world is called Vanadiel, and somebody using Incarnate Map Maker recreated oh, yeah. the entire map of Vanadiel. I, I tweeted this, this yeah. and I'm like, I want to run a Final Fantasy. <laughs> I know that world like the back of my hand. Uh, yeah. Like I could run it so well. That would be so fun. And I don't know if I need to like reflavor certain classes, but I bet I could find, you know, yeah. this this would be a good Beastmaster, and a cleric would be a good uh, white mage, and a wizard would be a good black mage, and I bet I could like yeah. cobble together some stuff. But it would be a lot of fun to to run a game through there. So yeah, I think they have great worlds. I'm surprised they don't. I mean, maybe they do, and I just don't see them out there. But that is a franchise prime for doing really well in the tabletop rpg i'm surprised that they have it yeah um, especially arena. because tabletop is really popular in japan yeah. um although it's funny uh the number one selling rpg in japan is call of cthulhu yeah so uh not necessarily D, but it is popular and so yeah, yeah. there's a fan made i have called final fantasy d6 i think Right. Um, that is very well done. But just uh, like when they came out with the Avatar Kickstarter, could you imagine if they came out oh, with the yeah. rights to do Final Fantasy, oh either 11 or 14? No, no, because any, just Final yeah, Fantasy. Any like, of the yeah. worlds they've created Final Fantasy would go through the roof. That, <laughs> that would be crazy. That yeah. would be really good. Um, yeah, man, so excited about games. <laughs> so the beast heart it's really cool it's beast heart, go get it it's a 15 dollar pdf right, i think um it's 50 pages uh but there the and then minis. some of those pages is actually just a story that matt wrote it's just fiction yeah which and i'm not belittling great writer um, i'm not belittling <laughs> yeah. at all i'm just saying like as far yeah. as like content you'll use uh but with how excited i am about this and the art and everything like mm-hmm. this is really cool i wish that this was in a small printed like just a that's what i was thing. looking for like yeah, i want like this a book in a i don't want to print yeah. it out at myself like i want just a nice kind of like how the dungeon crawl classics modules are um yeah. i would i would pay good money for that. well and i think he <laughs> hinted or they're going i think they're doing their own beast book their yeah, own kind of like volos yeah. their own monster manual it's the style untitled book. monster book they don't know what it yeah. is yet but i, yeah, I so. name it fiend folio number two or and something. then i bet this will favorite. come into it i bet the, yeah so maybe that'll be uh, they'll inside have probably too. new rules for that stuff as well and then maybe that's your hardcover that you can get yeah so i love monster books i love those are those are some of the best things to pick up because you can use them typically in any system if you're willing to convert if you need to and it doesn't matter if you bought them 20 years ago or 10 years ago or yeah. five years ago you can always flip through them find a cool creature that you're going to throw in your campaign and it's always relevant right you're always inspired by it and you can use it it doesn't matter what system it really comes from you can convert if you need to so those are good books love it some of the other news um we're a news show all of a sudden right we do D &D news we do paizo news we've been doing some pathfinder starfinder news did you know there's a paizo con how about that bringing some news to you i did not i didn't know either uh but yeah, they're doing a PaizoCon in 2022, Memorial Day weekend, Seattle, Washington. Not too far from you. No, yeah, ways. it's pretty close. So that was interesting. Um, oh, and I did put a link in there. I don't know if you'll put it in chat for everybody to go see, but they have a release date for all of their products. Oh, I saw, yeah. Coming up. So it's a, And it's nicely done, and this is in 
December. This stuff's in January. This stuff's in, you know, it's a lot of here's this playmat this or this dice set that, but then it's also the books and it's also the other stuff. So they're pretty open about a lot of their release stuff. So if you want to go see where things are at and when they're coming out, um, I, yeah. I just it's a good list to go back and take a look at. So that was pretty cool. They, and then yeah, Zris says they've been doing PaisoCon for many years. Oh, so okay. This is so not see, new. <laughs> new to our show. <laughs> well, we're brand new Pathfinder fans, so it's new to us. So, uh, Did you pick I up that uh, starter set I told you to get? Uh, I'm not because my oh. local game store has the box sets and stuff. So okay. I'm going to buy it from the local right. game store. And I wasn't going to buy it. I'm prefacing I'm not going to buy any of it until they get that uh, online character sheet builder from For Demiplane. Demiplane. So once Demiplane has the character creator up, that's when I'm going to buy the books. I, I want to buy it before. I was laughing. I, or in my head, you were like, I'm not going to buy the books. And I'm like, are you going to steal them? Like, I was yes. Like, what are you <laughs> no, talking yeah, about? I'm not buying them. I'm going to pirate them. I'm not going <laughs> to buy them. I'm going to go into the store and just take them. What? Uh, too funny. Yeah, I didn't want to buy them ahead of time because then they would just sit here like all my other RPG books. But yeah. I think it'll give me uh, a chance to then, because there's so many. They put out a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to get into it. But I want a character generator because when I've read Paizo's books, they've confused me enough that I can't quite create a full character because I still have questions like, is this right? Is Where am I supposed to add this bonus? Or where is it? Like, they haven't fine-tuned what Wizards has done. You can take PHB and you can build character after character after character. PHB pretty much explains it, or at least it did to me. I have never had a problem using PHB to finish my full character out. Mm-hmm. But when I read the Paizo ones, it's just enough like old 3.5. And like I'd have to ask somebody, if, is this how it works? Or is this what's supposed to happen? Because I'm not getting it. But I know when I get that electronic tool... That'll let me go through, and it'll I'll like it'll oh, prevent you. I from, only get two yeah. points for this, yeah. not add it together, and all of a sudden I have six points, which doesn't seem right because that seems really powerful, right? Yeah, so I think those. No, answers I, are it's be. the same thing with Magic: The Gathering. That's so complex, yeah. and I didn't really understand how to play Magic until I could play it on the computer. Because then, mm-hmm. when I would be like, "Okay, I want to do this," it doesn't let you because it's yeah. like, "No, you can't do that." And and yeah. at the table, unless you have somebody to explain to you, yeah, you yeah, because you're trying to play a card the way you think it might read, exactly, yeah, in your head, but it knows how it's supposed to be yeah. played or how it's supposed to work. So, I think that once I get that, I'm going to be excited to try to try a campaign out with that. That'd be um, fun. Be way fun. Uh, Cobalt Press, I did find a really good another article. You guys should go out to Cobalt Press and just read their blog articles because just like MCDM and, and um, James and them and Matt are putting out really good content outside of what Wizards of the Coast, they're writing some really good articles. And what I liked about this one I picked out, which was a good one, was called Into the Wilderness um, Propulsive Exploration. So it talks about when you're doing a campaign that is about exploration mm-hmm. there it's great players get into it but there's always this point where they finished one thing and now they have some choices but they st- the the game momentum can slow down while they're trying to figure out what they should do next and this talks about how to help them or give them the information to make choices right because a lot of times if they're stalled out it's either they don't like the choices they have or they don't have enough information, so they don't want to make a decision, and then it kind of bogs down, right? And then all of a sudden, you're 
your the, all that momentum you just gained from them exploring the last runes and the cool storyline that happened there is you, you you go a couple sessions where people are just not quite sure what to do and i think it was a good way to think about from a dungeon master's perspective how to do hooks and how to do tie-ins and how to you know explain things in a way that might interest them mm-hmm. or it might not it'll give them enough info to say you know what there's a lake over there and we've heard these rumors but we're really not into that at the moment the thing i really want to do is there's this shipwreck over on the shore and i think we should go check that out because of the stories and the things we've been hearing about going on over there yeah so i just think it was a cool article and they have some other good ones on there um they have there's no more new releases for paizo or cobalt press as far as i know for the rest of the year just like uh wizards of the coast they're pretty much all the books are out at this point oh yeah and I thought since, hey, these are all companies we love. I love Monty Cook. I know you love Monty Cook. You bought in, you know, Invisible Sun. You must love Monty Cook. I have Numenera. I, like, I have a lot of Monty Cook stuff. Yeah. So we both have... He's a, just one of uh, my favorite game designers. Like, yeah. I think, like, he's just... I don't know. He's got a good head for... I love the stuff. worlds he creates. And the I world he creates is really cool, too. So yeah. we, we've been talking about Tolis a lot. Tolis was a big conversation here. I'm still reading through the book and flipping through it. Well, not only did they create that big book, so if you're into that Tolis, they're still creating small adventures that you can go buy on their website for 5 to $6 oh, that are cool. set in Tolis. Oh. So not only do you have the big book to help you understand what all of Tolis is as a dungeon master, but they're still putting out content. You say, well, let me run this one called the Rune Blood Blessing, mm-hmm. and it's all about these people who are getting these red tattoos on their on their faces that apparently allow them power. But at the same time, a mysterious illness is running through the neighborhoods and the adventure is about what's going on and finding out what's happening here. How how are people getting powers because of the, the blessing? And then is this part of a sickness or is it not? Is there something sinister going on or is there not? And I just thought it was really cool that they're still putting out other content that goes back to their really big book of content that you could have bought recently also. Yeah. So Money Cook stuff's put out. The other big part of their game out, not D&D related, is their superhero book they just put up. And I think it's called Take the Skies or um, I was just on the page. What was it? It was, oh, it was such a good name. Claim the Sky is their superhero version of you know Dungeons and Dragons, so claim the sky. I thought that was a cool name for a for a book. So that's out if you're well, looking for that's a superhero the, one. The cipher system, right? Yep, superhero yeah. and cipher. So yeah, it's their yep. RPG. Yeah, some of these Tolis things look cool. We have Doctrine of Ghoul, which is like a an adventure, and that's cool. Yeah, if you're gonna play in the world of Tolis, it's pretty. Yeah, so you have what's in the book, but also just more. They're still putting. I like that they're supporting the product that they had put out. Still, yeah. So. No, and and they've always been really good about that. I feel. <clears throat> Yeah, um, I was actually hoping for more, and maybe maybe it didn't sell super well, or they're shifting. We've talked about this where a lot of companies are getting on the five E bandwagon. Oh yeah. Um, but I really liked Arcana of the Ancients and taking some of the Invisible Sun world and applying it to fifth edition for like magic items and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was hoping for more of that, uh, which I I haven't seen. But they've also are. I mean they're a small ish team. And then they were working on Tolis and a bunch of other stuff. So they've been doing yeah. other five E things. Uh, yeah. So yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to see. It's going to be great to see what all these companies do for next year. Um, I'm super fingers crossed, hoping that we can get to Gen Con this coming up year 
and that all these people just blow the doors out of everything because they've, you know, that to really, you know, get 2022 to be that big year back from yeah. pandemic living. And I was, just, you know, I was full talking product. to, I was talking to my wife about cons where I'm just like, I, I really need to go to a convention. <laughs> like, <laughs> like we'll, we'll see what, you know, the world does. I get the dangers. Uh, I get it. Yeah. But, but at some point. I'm, I'm at this point and there's one in Portland. It's like, it's game something con. I can't remember. Uh, mm-hmm. I've never been to it, but it's really big in Portland and Portland is like right there. And I'm like, I, I might take some time off and just go. We'll see. <laughs> like I'll grab a friend. We'll just drive to Portland. We'll game for four days and then I'll come home. <laughs> yeah. Be a lot of You fun. just need it sometimes. Sometimes you just need well, it. Well, and I just, I missed all my friends this year, you know, like I didn't yeah. get to see you. Like we chat, we chat every week, obviously. Yeah. But like, uh, it, it's, it's like a fun thing to go and hang out with you yeah. and Ted and LB Ted. and, and just like yep. uh, Graybeard and all of our friends. And it's just mm-hmm. fun to see people and all the new friends that I've made lately on Twitter that were at Gen Con. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Oh, but yeah. And a lot of people did go. We just, we, we didn't, but I'm hoping next year I'm going to, you know, risk assessment, but hopefully this 2022 should be the year I'm hoping. So, cool. but that was it that I found for news. I think, even though we had a ton to talk about, there really wasn't a lot towards the end of the year at most times. But oh, it's Christmas, with yeah. them putting out errata and, and everybody wrapping their stuff up, um, there's plenty of Christmas gifts to get that you know role playing adventure family member any kind of book that they could possibly like. Oh, I you know what? Companies. I forgot we were going to talk about our year in review, like the best product. Well, we still have, uh, um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Well, we've anyway. got one more Saturday, technically. Well, that's Christmas. <laughs> I'm not going to stream on Christmas. Sorry. Uh, but no, I could Jordan, probably you'll stream be here. January 1st. I think that would be a fun one. What so. if we did the night before Christmas? Uh, like Christmas Eve? Yeah. Well, I, I do have friends Christmas. coming or family coming oh, okay. over. Uh, we could I potentially don't. record something on Thursday. So okay. we'll talk. We'll yeah. talk. We um. Talk. Man, I didn't I do anything thinking. in gaming, so you still got a few minutes here. I we had a yeah yeah a dentist appointment for our dungeon master, which is the worst. So he obviously wasn't going to come back after that and then try to talk through a whole session oh, of yeah. Dungeons and Dragons. And I'm just a uh, the one note I did want to throw out here. I think the highest CR worst evilest creature in a monster manual or that type of book should be the dentist and it should be in there <laughs> and it should be the worst and they should be defeated because they're evil. But uh, what, what did you do in, in role playing? <laughs> um, I have, I, I have not been playing. Uh, I think I told last week that oh, my, right. my like Wednesday group that was online, um, he was like, I'm having a baby soon. And so that kind of fizzled. I, I offered to like pick up uh, the, the game and kind of keep running with it because I liked the people but the consensus was that although online is fine, they really want to play at a table. And so I was like, well, maybe at some point. I kind of need to get you to know you a little better before I invite, yeah, before you, I invite you to my house. So, yeah. 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 Um, so I wasn't prepared to do that. But uh, I did find out that in my city, uh, a gaming space rental opened up. Oh, nice. And so that could be a good place where it's like, hey, we're going to meet here for like a couple sessions so I can get to know you 
And then yeah. if it works out, we can come back to my house. But they have uh, minis to borrow and maps and gaming tables. And, like, it's just office space that they rented. And they put a bunch of gaming tables in it. But I thought yeah, that was really cool. cool. And I was like, I didn't know that that was... Um, and they, they're doing well from what I hear. But I didn't know that that would have been a lucrative thing to do. Yeah, uh, I've know, heard but, it in a yeah. few towns. I, I would... Especially Maybe here, Boise's I just didn't know that nice. the tabletop yeah. RPG scene was that big. Was big but. enough? Yeah, yeah, Because uh, I've, I've seen it in a few. Like, even the 40K, ta- you know, some of those stores yeah. where they're only doing 40K stuff, they're still able to survive, you know, renting out tables for people to do their battles and mm-hmm. run monthly tournaments on. People can come in and then they can use those tables for role-playing if they're not being used for something else. Well, our yeah. our comic book store kind of does some of that stuff, and too. It's, with... it's a secluded room, which I think yeah. is the best part of it because... Uh, you know, I see lots of people playing RPGs and yeah. 40K and Star Wars at the yeah, those Star at the Wars table, are beautiful. Um, or at the game store. But like, it's so loud and noisy, and like, yeah. there's all these people running around. And this way, it's like, no, we can just have our thing. And I don't know, yeah. I can swear if I want to. And I'm sure that they have beverages for purchase and things like that. And that's probably yeah. another way that they make money. I almost think too, like, you know how most companies have gotten rid of cubicle farms and they're trying to go to the more open space to have their teams. So they've yeah. gotten rid of the cubicle walls so that their people can see each other and interact with each other. That means there's a large number of just cubicle walls sitting somewhere, not being used. Yeah. I think that would be a good use for partitioning off D and D tables enough to cut the noise from the next table over where they're battling a beholder, but you're over here battling a dragon. Cause sometimes when you go to like, I would the love Gen to see Con that at rooms, a convention. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because sometimes they were all in a big room and it's a big 50 foot ceiling, echoey ceiling. Yeah. And you can barely hear sometimes the person that's sitting two feet from you in some of those places. Um, I wonder if they could just put cubicles up all over and you would just have a little cubicle warrant of D and D tables and, and, you know, Pathfinder tables and Starfinder tables yeah. and Cypher tables. And that'd be kind of cool. Um, I, so I also did not play any games uh, and I haven't mm-hmm. played Dungeon Crawl Classics because everyone's oh, been busy. Drink. They had like Jim Gaffigan tickets and things like that. Uh, so we haven't been able to meet up. And then uh, I, ironically though, I think we're free on December 26th so we might play the day after Christmas we'll see what sure. everybody and I, I always feel like well but it's Christmas weekend but then a lot of my friends are like, like we're bored like yeah. let's come to play like it's all about hanging out with the ones you love like why don't we just get together and play games why don't we do so, this? we'll see um, but I did some writing I've been reading a lot mm-hmm. of uh, game design because I got reinvigorated um, on if you guys go over to the, the Jocular Junction channel uh, Lex and I have been reviewing like really simplified uh, 10-page RPGs that we found on itch.io. Mm-hmm. And one of them, the last one we did, has a, a very like Zelda theme. It's called uh, For Forbidden... Oh, now I forgot it. I feel bad. Breath Ooh. of the Wild. It's the Breath of the Wild game, but I forget what it's called. Everybody's making a Breath of the Wild game. Yeah. Um, but uh, it reinvigorated me to work on my modular D6 game. Uh, but then I opened my like folder of writing and I realized I have like like four projects and I was like, what was this one? <laughs> and it was um, I was creating a lock picking system uh, mm-hmm. or I should say a system to generate the difficulty challenge of a lock, because as a dungeon master, I always uh, I'm like, is it locked? And they're like, yeah, can I pick it? I guess. I don't know. 
roll, and I, I have no idea how tough this lockpick should be. Mm-hmm. So in my um, in this document, I created a bunch of tables based on the adjective of the lock, the material of the lock, and what kind of lock it is. And then I associated numbers to all of those. So when you build a sentence, like I have a invisible cold iron sliding door lock, all of mm-hmm. a sudden I can look at that and say, oh, that's DC 16 to like bypass, you know? Uh, sure. And yeah, that's good. I want to like fine tune it. So I've been looking at some, um, uh, what's the word? actual locks <laughs> no uh <coughs> layout design software oh that's and i'm good. trying to like lay it out and stuff but i think i'm gonna try and put it on drive through rpg and see where how well it does it could be a lot of fun yeah, but i, I think like that's a cool that. thing like you know and then in that system if your players do investigation checks it gives little little cues on like oh the material's cold iron and so you're like oh this is a this is a more difficult one as opposed to the rusted iron lock that we had earlier kind of a thing so yeah yeah I like the idea too. Um, Monty Cook did it with their character stuff and Cypher, that's where I was inspired a by sentence. It. Yeah. yeah, I was like, but I love the idea that your characters described by a sentence, not just two words. Yeah, I like the idea that you're saying these locks are described by a sentence, which helps you understand and put it in context of what's going on. You know, and uh, that's just really cool. Actually, um, there there could be lots of uses for you know other things besides just a lock that yeah. you could come up with. And then, uh, and then I just like tables. I find that I, I use tables a lot, not necessarily at the table to roll on the fly, but like during my game prep, um, I have, a like the ABC book of dungeons or something or dungeon alphabet. And Mm -hmm. I use that a lot when I'm prepping something. So I'll pull it down and and all that book is, is tables. And so you find like, you know, like D is for dungeon, T is for trap, and I'll open up T is for trap and I'll roll and be like, okay, yeah, this looks like a good arrow trap that I should put in this hallway. And you just get inspired. And so this is one of those things where if I'm going to have a locked door, why don't I roll to understand what the lock is and put that into my prep notes going forward yeah. so that I know that this is a magical adamantine you know, bolt yeah. the, other, the other one you could do is like the trap mechanism. So it could be a chart where you're talking about the mechanism you're going to try to diffuse the trap is, you know, oh, this one's a mithril pinned, sli- like you said, yeah. sliding stone trigger, you know. And so you're going to try to deal with that. It's a certain DC if you can do it and you can try to disarm the trigger of that trap and you know so i could see it so like locks i I think that'd be great traps would be another cool i did i did a bunch of traps traps and how to generate trap effects and how much damage they do um i'll send it to you lucian after we're done and and if you're on if you're one of my patrons i think i'm going to try and do a pdf and upload it today at some point um the only other thing that'd be really good magic items described in sentences that would be cool, like, to generate a magic item. Like, you have a sword that... You have found... Or you have a bleeding sword that does yeah. necrotic damage. <laughs> yeah. to, I don't know. Like, that would be interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's That'd really fun, fun to generate. That That was one of the coolest things about Numenera to me, or Cypher yeah. System in general, is that creating a sentence for your character. Yeah. Um, it's a good way around 
alignment, I feel. Um, <laughs> because you don't necessarily, you're not saying that you're good, bad, but you are like, I am a nano who <laughs> likes to explore deep caves and like you kind of, yeah. your background is all kind of worked into what your character's about. So mm-hmm. that Monty mm-hmm. Cook. Smart, smart guy. Smart, smart, smart company. That well, that's sense. all I had for news. You're going to go see Spider-Man. Is that today or is that, that is some in, other day? Uh, three hours. So three hours. No spoilers. no spoilers. I have tickets. I'm all ready. I have a babysitter. Everything's happening. I'm abandoning my son to go watch Spider-Man. Yeah. Oh, for those fans, I heard we were just talking to, we think The Witcher dropped on Netflix last night. It did. Um, so if you're big fans of that, that's always a nice D&D. That, I can see a 5e uh, campaign world of the Witcher. I can oh, yeah. see that would be well. There's good. a Witcher RPG. Have you heard of it or read it? I have not. Yeah. You, if you I like the Witcher, you should check it out. There's a there's a straight up converted oh, Witcher RPG, right. and from what I've heard, it's very good. So I'm gonna go back and play the games. I haven't even played the games. I've seen the game play and I know what it is, but I haven't actually yeah. played. Through Close the your blinds. Witchers it gets a little myself. racy sometimes. So Ooh, yeah. not safe for work. That's what not, I'm hearing. Not safe for work. Don't play it at work. Don't play it at work. Don't play it at work. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I think. Take us out. I think that's our show. That's our show, guys. Uh, we will not be here next week because of Christmas, but I wish you uh, a Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Um, and then we will keep keep an eye on Twitter, but I'm pretty sure we can make January 1st. We'll, we'll talk about it unless something comes up. Um, I'm free. Yeah, I'll be home. Whatever. I'll be on break. <laughs> I'm uh, yeah, I'm taking vacation. I'm a lot. playing lots of video games. Uh, yes. Still going through Metroid <laughs> Dread, and I recently picked up Shovel Knight and have been going through that again, and that's been a lot of fun. I, I love retro games. Going, I, or I love be your favorite. 8-bit games. They're super fun. Yeah, yeah. I've uh, been playing a that, lot of Legends Raid. Legends. No. Yes. Terrible game. I, will not be I want them that. to be a sponsor because I play so much. I uh, love it. No. Goodbye. I love it. It's good. <laughs> We're out. All right. We'll see you guys next week, or we'll see you in two weeks. Uh, have a happy Christmas, and thank you again for watching. Happy Bye. Christmas, everybody.